We are continuing on with the gifts of the Spirit, and tonight is the gift of distinguishing of spirits. If you have your Bible, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 4 through 11. You can see I'll have just about all of our scriptures on the screen tonight so that you can read those. I have a lot of scriptures because I believe in the Bible and uh, want to use it. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 4 through 11. Now, there are a variety of gifts, but the same Spirit, and there are varieties of ministries and the same Lord. There are varieties of effects, but the same God, who works all things in all persons. But to each one is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, and to another the word of knowledge according to the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, and to another gifts of healing by the one Spirit. And to another, effective, the effecting of miracles. And to another, prophecy. And to another, to, as we talked tonight, distinguishing of spirits. To another, various kinds of tongues. And to another, the interpretation of tongues. But one and the same spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually just as he wills. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for your word. And Father, it is live and active. And I pray tonight that you would just help us. Father, to look into this gift, Father, of discerning of the spirits. Father, that when we walk out of here, that we're, we're more equipped. Father, that maybe there's something in our own lives that we need to look at, that we'd be challenged in this message. I pray that you would anoint, Father, as I bring this message. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Tonight I want to talk about distinguishing of spirits. And you can see in the NIV and in New American Standard, which we read, and ESV, it says the distinguishing of spirits in the King James, for Pastor Jim, where's Pastor Jim? There he is, King James, he's a King James man. Uh, discerning of spirits, discerning of spirits is what it says there. And distinguishing or discerning means the act of judgment or passing judgment. The word is described as a piercing of all that is merely outward and seeing right through then forming a judgment based on that inside, at that insight. And it's kind of like you're able to see through what is on the outside to get to the root of the matter, to be able to know what is the truth and what's not the truth. You know, I, I've never been to a fortune teller um, and never probably will be. I did have a long story, but I'll make it real short. The lady that worked for us one time when I was in a church down south, and she was into all of this stuff. I mean, she had a truckload of books and everything else. And so I asked her one day, I said, um, I said, will you explain one thing to me? I said, tell me about the reading of the Palms. And she said, no. And I said, come on. I said, I just, I just want to learn. And she'd given all that up, and she'd given her heart to the Lord and everything. And, and I said, just, just for my own benefit, we were in my office. I said, can you just tell me a little bit of how that's done? And she goes, no. You didn't have to know her. She was very bold in, in how she lived her life, and she was, she was a great lady. I, I loved to go out and witness with her. She was probably about 70 years old. And... Uh, uh, we were on Louisiana State University campus, and we would generally start by asking, you know, hi, how are you doing? Can we do a survey? And hopefully that would lead into the gospel. And one day she got upset with me, and she goes, why don't we just ask him if they're saved? <laughs> so I prayed. 
And I said, the next person that we come across, I'll let you do that. And I really prayed. I said, okay, God, I know what she's about ready to do, but pray that this person doesn't get offended and never steps foot in a church again. I pray that they walk away from this and you just blot this whole few minutes out of their mind. <laughs> so we came up to the next person and she walks up. She goes, hi, are you saved? And they didn't know what to say. Saved from what or, you know. And so she came back to me and she goes, okay, I think we're going to go back to the survey. <laughs> so she's in my office and, and I asked her one more time. I said, it, it's not, I, I just want to understand what this is all about. And she goes, okay. And she, this, is how, this is how she was. She, she's like, you're, you're me and she, I'm her. She goes, okay. Now, God, you know that I don't do this anymore. You know I don't want to do this, but he's making me. And she <laughs> forgive me for what I'm about to do. And then she went in and she told me. And I, I, I was like, I don't know that I believe all that. And so we talked about it, and, and it's kind of cutting through to help to be able to discern. And there's a gift for that. And uh, the more knowledge a lot of times that you have, the, the better off that you are. Not always when it comes to spiritual things. And that's when we need to ask for a, a, a gift of discernment to be able to cut through because there's a lot of people who will tell you things, or there's a lot of things that you might see, but, and you might say, hey, that's the real thing. And yet it's not. And yet it's not. We see Ponzi schemes on the news, and we see that, you know, people who are doing different things. And, to, and when I see these things, you know, a Ponzi scheme that they have now taken a few hundred million dollars from thousands of people, I think they were all deceived somewhere in there. They were all deceived. So it's the word is described as a piercing of all that is merely outward and seeing right through, then forming a judgment based on that insight, that you have discernment. Number one tonight, in order to discern the spirits, we must understand that there is a good or holy spirit, the, the Holy Spirit, and a bad or evil spirit, that which comes from the devil. I believe we all understand the difference of a good spirit and a bad spirit and good and evil um, tonight, but I want to go into it just for a few seconds. The Holy Spirit does the work of God to draw people to God, not to himself. Holy Spirit doesn't draw people to the Holy Spirit, but to God, him being a part of it. The work of the devil is the evil spirit to draw people away, to draw people away. And that's the work of the devil is to get you distracted and get your mind and everything away from the things of God. And I do believe that there is a gift of discernment. Uh, ever take a giftings test? I know if you have gone in and sat with Dawn and going into ministry, I have done this, and I've taken a, a giftings test. And this is one that I'm kind of high on, um, and which helps me with my kids. Um, but sometimes not. And people ask me, you know, because I take care of the benevolence along with a, a group of people in our church, how do you know who to help and who not to help or how to help them and when to help them? And I say it all comes through discernment of understanding and praying. And there's sometimes I just know right away. Other times I have to ask a few questions and, and go through those things. Those who are not Christians don't have the same discernment because they don't know and understand 
the things of God. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. It's not in your PowerPoint tonight, or it's not on the screen tonight. Um, the person without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, but considers them foolishness, but considers them foolishness, and cannot understand them because they are discerned only through the Spirit, only through the Spirit. The person with the Spirit makes judgments about all things, but such a person is not subject to merely human judgments. For who has known the mind of the Lord and as it as to instruct him. But we have the mind of Christ. You have that gift to discern. You have that gift. It says it right there. The world does not have this gift to discern what is right and right, what's wrong because they don't have the Spirit of God inside of them. They don't have that Spirit. Because the fall of the devil, the angel who would worship God and then wanted to be God, it became a battle, a spiritual battle in the spiritual realm. When he fell, he says, okay, that's it. I'm going to fight, about, I'm going to fight against God. And in order to do that, then I'm going to, these people that he has created, God has created, in his image, I'm going to distract them. I'm going to try and get them off course, get them to not read their Bible, not go to church, whatever it takes. We can see in the garden that Adam and Eve were deceived. It says that serpent, the most crafty animal that walked the earth, that came on the earth at that time, that God had created. And he deceived Adam and Eve. They were not discerning what was right and what was wrong. The devil is smarter than we give him credit. Don't ever think that he is really dumb and really stupid. We say a lot of things about the devil. We really do. But he's really smart. And he knows how to get each and every one of us if we're not careful. You know, in some areas, because you know, I've talked to people, and even myself, there's areas where I'm really not tempted in. You know, I just I don't have any desire for whatever it happens to be or whatever that sin is. But there's other areas, yes, I am tempted in. And the devil knows that. And he can work on those things. He knows. He is smarter than sometimes we give him credit. He wants to deceive you from your focus on God. And church, don't let him lead you down a path that leads to destruction. If he can, if he, can he will weaken our relationship with God. He is evil. He's a liar. He's the father of all liars. He's a tempter. He's the ruler of this world. He's the prince of the power of the air. I mean, if that's what it says in the Bible about him, then we need to take this very seriously and understand that he is out after our soul, to get our soul. Number two, Jesus discerned. Jesus discerned. A little bit longer scripture in John chapter 4 and verse 7. There came a woman of Samaria to draw water. Jesus said to her, give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. Therefore, the Samaritan woman said to him, How is it that you, being a Jew, ask me for a drink since I am a Samaritan woman? For the Jews have no dealing with the Samaritans. Jesus answered and he said to her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that says to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. There it is. She was, a, she, she was not a believer of God. 
And he tells her, he says right up front, he goes, listen, if you were a believer, he goes and understood who I am. He goes, instead of you saying, I can't give you a drink, you would have asked me, give me a drink because I want what you have. She said to him, sir, you have nothing to draw with the well, it is, uh, with, and the well is deep. Where then do you get this living water? You are not greater than our father Jacob, are you, who gave us this well and drank from it himself and his sons and his cattle? And Jesus answered and said to her, Everyone who drinks of the water will get thirsty again, but whoever drinks of the water that I will give him shall never thirst. But the water that I will give him will become in him a well of water springing up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, Give me this water so that I will not be thirsty, nor come all the way here to draw. She didn't understand it, did she? She was like, okay, I want this water that is everlasting, that's eternal, that I don't ever have to come back to this well. Bring my buckets. Carry this water all the way home. If you have this water, that's what I want. Again, she missed the whole point of who he was and what he was trying to share with her. He said to her, go call your husband and come here. And the woman answered and said, I have no husband. And Jesus said to her, you have correctly said, I have no husband. For you have had five husbands, and the one whom you have is not your husband, that you have said truly. The woman said to him, sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. He had discerned who she was and what she was. Our fathers worship in this mountain, and you perceive that you are a prophet. I'm sorry. And the people say that in Jerusalem, in this place where men ought to worship, Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, an hour is coming when neither is the mountain, neither in this mountain nor in Jerusalem, will you worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. You worship what we know, for salvation is from the Jews. But an hour is coming, and now is, when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For such people the Father seeks to be worshipers. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. The woman said to him, I know that Messiah is coming, he who is called Christ. When that one comes, he will declare all things to us. And Jesus says, I who speak to you am he. He was, he was right there in front of her, and she missed it. She ends up, and she goes and gets the townspeople, and they come out, and they see. She goes, and she says, listen, he told me about his life, or about my life. Jesus meets this woman and tries to open up her eyes by telling her exactly what she needs, and she doesn't see the very Son of God standing right in front of her. He has a conversation, and she's trying to correct him. I don't think that's very wise, but she's trying to correct him because she didn't know who he was. He's trying to get her to understand. Because of this, his discernment in her life, he says, go and get your husband. He knew. And she says, well, I don't have a husband. He goes, I know. You have had five, and you're living with a man right now, and he is not your husband. You have not gotten married. Don't you think that would kind of shake you up a little bit? It would me. Somebody read my book that I never knew. They had gone from asking for water to him telling her 
about her life. She's blown away. It is the wisdom of God that is dropped into our spirit that will tell us what is from God and what is not from God. What is from the devil and his deception and how we can walk around it. A loving God who wants the best for each and every one of us. God will help us. She sees that there is something different about this man called Jesus. She even says, we have this one who is coming. And he says, I am he. How could someone know her life who hadn't seen her before if it wasn't for God? The Holy Spirit gives us the ability to know right from wrong. I say it a lot of times. Christianity comes down to two things. I've tried to make it easy. Two things. Number one, knowing right from wrong. Number two, doing those things which are right. Easy, right? Why are you laughing? It's easy. No, it's not. It takes us, you know, with the Word of God and prayer and everything to know what is right and what is wrong. And sometimes it is hard to do those things which are right. Those things which are right. Jesus knew the tricks of the devil, and even when he was tempted, after he had fasted for 40 days and 40 nights, what do you think the devil's going to come and do? Hey, Jesus, I got a chariot here. No, 40 days, 40 nights without food. He tempts him with food. The devil knows when we're weak. He knows when we're struggling in areas. He knows how to get in at times. And we have to be able to discern that this is the work of the devil. Jesus saw through the things and he told the devil where to go. And he used the word of God to do that. He was able to let the devil know that I understand what you're trying to do. And I'm not going to go for it. We have to understand that ourselves. What has the devil done? What is the devil dangling in front of you? What are maybe you struggling with right now? You need to discern and see that God has a way out. It says it doesn't put on us more than what we can stand. Is there an enticement that you are struggling with right now? Maybe you have discerned it, or maybe you haven't, and you need to get Walk away from it. Don't give up. See through what the devil is trying to do. If he wins, the thing is you'll hate yourself. That's the thing about sin. Once you do it, you hate yourself. Why did I do that again? Am I right or am I right? Well, thank you. It's true. And then we have a bad spirit if we don't take care of it ourselves and understand that God will forgive us. I've seen people who have lived in sin, and because of their sin, their hatred for themselves has been vented out to other people. I've seen ministers do the exact same thing, who were in sin, and they vented out towards their people. And they came, and every Sunday they would, chomping on the sheep. Then when it was found out that they had a sin problem within their own life, They were angry at themselves, and it went out to others. Don't let the devil win. There's a lot of evil in this world, but we have to stand and we have to fight the good fight through the power of the Holy Spirit. We need to be prayed up. We need to be full of the Word of God. We need to have the Holy Spirit working in our life. Amen? We need to know that greater is He, the Holy Spirit, in us than he that's in this world, the devil. 
Don't be deceived, but walk in the power of the Almighty. So we know that there's an evil. We know that there's a good, and we need to discern that. And Jesus is our example of discernment. Number three, we are to discern the spirit of the person, not the person. Okay? Discern the spirit in the person, not the person. Don't hate the person. Understand it's the spirit that's in them that's causing them to do that. Find out what the root of that problem is. You know, why is my kid on drugs? What is that? You know, don't, don't hate your kid. Discern that there is something going on inside of his life that's causing him to, to want to have an escapism or whatever. You know, why is my kid being rebellious at this time? Why is this person whatever? Understand, discern. It's not that person. It's the spirit inside of them that's causing them to do those things. Why is that person a good person? Spirit of God in their life. Why do they do the right things? Spirit of God in them. Let's look at Acts chapter 13, 4 through 12. So, being sent out by the Holy Spirit, they went down to Seleucia, and from there they sailed to Cyprus. When they had reached Salamis, they began to proclaim the word of God in the synagogues of the Jews, and they also had John, their helper. When they had gone through the whole island, as far as Patmos, they found a magician, a, a Jewish false prophet, whose name was Bar-Jesus, who was with the uh, Pronsicol, and Pronsicol means uh, the ruler of uh, Roman providence. Uh, Sergius Paulus, a man of intelligence, this man summoned Barnabas and Saul and sought to hear the word of God. Then Elmas, the magician, so was his name translated, was opposing them, seeking to turn the Pronsicol away from the faith. But Saul who was also known as Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, fixed his gaze on him, and he said, You who are full of all deceit and fraud, you son of the devil, you enemy of all righteousness, you will not cease to make crooked the straight ways of the Lord. Now behold, the hand of the Lord is upon you, and you will be blind and not see the sun for a time. And immediately the mist and the darkness fell on him, and he went about seeking those who would lead him by the hand. Then the Pronsicle believed, which is what Paul and Barnabas were doing, believed when he saw what had happened, being amazed at the teaching of the Lord. This magician comes up, and, and he discerns that he is not who he says he is. And he's trying to get this ruler away from Paul and Barnabas that he can distract them. And Paul says, he goes, listen, you with an evil spirit. Now, that, that's good right there. Paul goes a little bit further. You're going to be blind. Now, I want that gift. I don't know about you. I want that gift. There'd be a lot of blind people walking around <laughs> this world. My roommate in Bible college, one of his favorite scriptures Ye stiff-necked and uncircumcised in heart and ear, why do you so resist the Holy Spirit? I'm like, well, every week I heard that scripture. Not pointed at me necessarily, maybe every once in a while. But man, he, he loved that one. I was like, you go, Mark. Let him throw the rocks at you. I'll stand over here. I'll hold your coat. I'll be Paul. <laughs> Paul discerned that he was not doing the right things. 
There's people who come in. There's people who come in. We've had people come into this church. I think every church that I've been in, I've seen people come in who want to distract, who want to destroy, who want to take sheep. And we have to be very careful. The way that you're not taken away from the evil is to be full of the Holy Spirit, to know the Word of God, to be able to discern when somebody says something to you that you know it's either right or wrong, that you have that understanding in your life, that you walk with God and He'll tell you, this is the truth. This is the truth. Paul could see through the magician and his intentions. He knew the spirit that was in him. And it wasn't that he was aiming it at the physical person, but the person that's inside, the, the spirit that was inside of him. It was because of the work of the devil in this magician's life that he calls him out. God has given us his holy, capital H, capital O, capital L, capital Y, spirit. Holy means righteous, to do the right thing. And when you walk in the Holy Spirit, you'll do the right thing. He is the holy to reveal what is holy and anything that's not holy. Church, use the Holy Spirit that God has given unto you to discern what is right and wrong. And again, it is not the person, but the Spirit in the person. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 29 let two or three prophets speak and let the others, what? Pass judgment, discernment, discernment. Matthew chapter 16, 21 and 23, it's not on the screen. From that time on, Jesus began to explain to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things at the hands of the elders and the chief priests and the teachers of the law, that he must be killed on the third day and raised to life. Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. Never, Lord, he said. This shall never happen to you. Jesus turned to him and said, Peter, get behind me, right? No. He said, Satan, get behind me. It wasn't directed at Peter. It was the spirit in Peter. You are a stumbling block to me. You do not have the mind that concern the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. Wow. Peter got rebuked. The spirit in him said, we won't let this happen. He was, Jesus was telling him what was going to happen, the will of God, what was going to take place in, in his life. And Peter said, no, we're not going to let this happen. Aren't you glad it happened? We're here because it did happen, because he went to the cross and because he sacrificed his life that we might have life, and we need that. We live in a spiritual battle that you need to know that the enemy is fighting for your soul. Ephesians chapter 6, one of my favorite chapters in all the Bible. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, against principalities, against rulers of darkness, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Put on the whole armor of God. Put on the whole armor of God so that you're able to discern. And lastly tonight, we should discern the day in which we live in. Let me share a story with you. When I was down in Columbia, Illinois, um, the... Um, youth pastor at the Baptist church. I was the pastor at the Assembly of God church. The youth pastor at the Baptist church was my cousin. We didn't know it until after about a year of us both being there and, and ended up that he kind of fell on some rough times. He was getting a divorce from his wife. And one day he called me. We went out to lunch a lot and, and we did a lot of things together. He called me and he said, hey, 
he goes, uh, I'm looking at getting an apartment. He was moving out of his house and, and getting an apartment. Would you come over and look at it and just give me your opinion? And I said, yeah. And so he told me where it was. It was right there on Main Street in Columbia, Illinois. And uh, it was above, above a, a flower shop. And I happened to know, because I knew the corner of the, the city, um, and that there was a person who committed suicide in that apartment. And so uh, I met him there, and uh, we walked up the stairs. And, and uh, when you walk in, he opened up the door and walked in. Here is a nice living room and then, you know, the dining room. Then he took me over into the kitchen and over into the bathroom. And, and then in the front of the apartment was a nice big bedroom. And, you know, big windows and everything else. And, and then he took me into the second bedroom. And uh, I'd never been in the apartment before. And uh, I said, Ron, this is the room that the person killed themselves in the second bedroom. And he looked at me and he goes, how do you know? He goes, it's true. They did. And somehow he found out I didn't know. You know I just knew it was somewhere in that apartment. I said, I could sense the spirit of evil in that room. That's where they killed themselves. I said, don't take this apartment. And he ended up taking it. Um, I said, and, and we talked about it, and I said, if you do, I said, you better pray very hard over this. There is an, uh, I can just feel an evil presence in that bedroom. The thing was is he had two kids who were teenagers, and that was my fear, that they would get in there and something, that spirit would then latch itself onto them. He said, how do you know? He goes, did somebody tell you? I said, no, I can feel it. I can feel it. When I used to live in Baton Rouge, there was one time my parents had come down and I said, you want to go to New Orleans, which was just about an hour away. And they said, sure, let's go. We, we were going to go down and go for dinner and, and um, just for the day. As we're driving towards New Orleans, I just felt like these bricks were placed on my shoulder. I didn't tell my parents. I'm, I just kind of like, I'm driving. And the steering wheel just, you know, that's what it kind of felt like. And I said, God, what is this? And it was just the evil spirit that New Orleans has. There's just a, an evil spirit. It's, it's called Sin City for a reason. Because of the sin. And so I prayed. We didn't stay down there very long. And as, as we were leaving New Orleans, I could just feel these bricks being lifted to discern what is evil and what's not. There's other times when I was in charge of taking hundreds of students down to Mardi Gras. And so, I told the students, I said, in order to go to Mardi Gras, I was a pastor on staff, in order to go to Mardi Gras, you have to pray. And you have to come every morning from 6 to 7 and pray for a whole month. And I said, if you miss three, you cannot go. Because I knew that we were going into spiritual battle. They had to read Scripture. They had to pray we had times of worship. They had to be built up. I had a pastor tell me afterwards who didn't come to the prayer meetings. I, he asked me if, I could, if he could go, and I said, yeah. He was in prison ministry. I thought, well, he's, he's probably prayed up and everything. He goes, I wasn't prayed up for this to go down there. That year, we took over 200 students, and we had three. Oh, 
I'm okay. <laughs> the, heart, the heart still works. Stand over here on this side. See if they... I tell people it's hard to hit a moving target. Um, and he told me, he goes, I wasn't prayed up to go. I wasn't prayed up to go. I was uh, seeing a young lady at the time, and uh, she had missed three. And I had some people asking me, you going to let your girlfriend go? I said, nope. I said, this is serious business. This is serious business to go down there. And we're, we're doing battle against the devil. And so, yeah, I, I told her, I said, sorry, but you can't go. And, and uh, she was a little upset about that, but she also knew what the rules were. In, in the two years that I led, we never had any problems Never had any situations. God led us in, in a mighty and miraculous way. And like I said, the second year we had 300 decisions for Christ. The first year probably about 150 to 200 decisions for Christ in one day. Because it's a battle. And you fight the battle with the devil when you know that you're going in and you're ready and you're armed. God led us. Like I said, the only physical problem that we had was there was a girl who got a scratch on her arm not the size of a, your fingernail, because it was a fingernail that happened. And I was standing right there when it happened. And it was really kind of an accident. Two years, no physical problems, no spiritual problems, and we won the battle. If you go down to Mardi Gras, I, I, I tell people, I have seen everything. When I mean I've seen everything, I have seen everything down at Mardi Gras. It is the devil's playground for a whole month. And we went in there and took some of the devil's territory. So, 1 Timothy chapter 4, it says, But the Spirit explicitly says that in the latter times some will fall away from the faith, paying attention to deceitful spirits and doctrines of demons by means of hypocrisy, of liars seared to their own conscience as with a branding iron, men who forbid marriage and advocate abstaining from foods which God has created to be gratefully shared in by those who believe and know the truth. For everything created by God is good, and nothing is to be rejected if it is received with gratitude, for it is to be sanctified by means of the word of God and prayer. Church, we need to have discernment today. The battle... Is for your soul. Battle is for your family. Battle is for the things of God. Your, your soul hangs in the balance. You need to discern when it's of God and not of God. Even your closest friends and families can sometimes say things and do things, but just remember it's the Spirit of God in them. Not that they're full of the devil. No. Understand that. Understand that. Peter told Jesus, he goes, we're not going to let you. One of the closest people that Jesus had next to him. And he rebuked the spirit inside of him. Do you believe that we are living in the last times, in the later times? I want you to be ready to test the spirit and see what is of God and what is not of God. Last scripture. 1 John 4, 1 through 6. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God because many false prophets have come in into the world. By this you will know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. Every spirit that does not confess 
confess that Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, of which you have heard that it is coming, and now it is already in the world. You are from God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than who is in the world. They are from the world, therefore they speak as from the world, and the world listens to them. We are from God. He who knows God listens to us. He who is not from God does not listen to us. By this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Let's get about our heads. Heavenly Father, I pray that you would just help us, Father, to be able to discern right from wrong, good from evil, what is the work of the devil and the work of the almighty hand, your hand. And I pray that as these have come tonight, that they would just, Father, walk in the power of the Holy Spirit that you have given unto us, that they would put on the whole armor of God every single day. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Father, it's not of this world. It's the spirit that is in this world that we fight against. The spirit of Hollywood to put smut and, Father, so much immorality on TV. Father, it's the working of the devil that has changed this world. And, Father, it seems like the world is just lulling themselves to sleep. When the church needs to stand up and say, this is not of God. Father, I, I pray that you would make us a bold church a righteous church, your holy church. Father, to be a church that says, Satan, get behind me. Father, I pray that you would put in each and every one of us, Father, a boldness to, to share your message, your love, your son Jesus Christ with this world. And I pray that when we sense, we know that it's not of God, that we take authority over it. Father, we stand upon your word. We flee from the temptation. And Father, we walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. I pray now that you would just help each and every one of us. Father, as we depart from your house to go in that boldness, to know that you have created us in a special way. Father, you have placed your spirit in us because we have accepted you as Lord and Savior. Father, help us to walk in it. As we give you praise in Jesus' name, amen. amen. God bless you.